Hey guys, back at it again this morning with uh, Galatians 5, verses 13 to 15. Um, Just read through this section and dive right in. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So that's uh, just uh, verses 13, 14, and 15 of Galatians 5, just a power-packed little section there where Paul has now made a bit of a transition, and I'm thankful for that. We're going to get into some really cool stuff over the next couple of weeks. Um, and this is a powerful uh, three verses where Paul is laying out, a, I guess, a kind of a juxtaposition of of how we might go about life. I mean, imagine the scenario where somebody's got a massive debt uh, on their credit card and somebody pays it off for them and then they use that newfound freedom with their credit card to go out and run their debt up again uh, in crazy living. And, and that's kind of what Paul's saying here. He's saying you were, you're, you're set free. You're called to this freedom. So don't use your, your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. And the word he uses for opportunity is actually a military word that means like to line your men up <clears throat> you know, to, to it's, it means a base of operations. And so what he's essentially saying is don't use this freedom as a new base of operations to go out and to live however the heck you want to live. Um, and basically opportunities for the flesh would be anything that's selfish or self-serving. This doesn't mean that you don't take care of the basic necessities of life. This is just saying, you know, anything that it, you know, and I know is, is self-serving, um, and we use our freedom for that uh, is is born of the flesh. And he says the perfect antidote to this is to serve one another. I mean, just think of the beauty of this, that if I have an opportunity to use, uh, let's just pretend it's material resources and I've got money that I could use to do something extremely selfish with it, or I could choose to give it away to my sister who is in deep need, um, you know, where I'm going to experience a deeper freedom in Christ with regards to denying, you know, the things of the flesh that I should, you know, not this, again, I'm not saying you don't pay your mortgage or you don't pay your light bill in order to pay somebody else's. Uh, I'm saying that, you know, I used to have this really bad habit when I am stressed, I go and I shop and I spend $300 on stuff I don't need, but I have learned in these instances to set that money aside and actually to give it away to somebody who's in need that, that, you know, which is going to better serve your freedom. And he says the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you know, one word being this prophetic word of, uh, you know, the, the, the second great commandment. You know, once you've settled the matter of loving God with everything you've got, you know, the whole law is summarized then in that and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so, you know, if you're going to, you know, if you love yourself or even if you don't love yourself, if you would serve yourself, then in the same way you should serve uh, your neighbor. And I, I think that the way, a cool way to look at this um, is just, you know, look at illustrations from life. If you were to get together two people who were extraordinarily selfish, hold on, I got my dog inside. New sound effect, the squeaky door. So if you were to gather together a couple of people that you know, I mean, let's just say if you're a parent uh, and you have two children, you're two children, and you say, hey guys, here's, well, I'll give you an illustration from my own life. Let's just stop all of the the the, the, the 
hypotheticals and give you a real situation. When I was a kid, we would go camping with my grandparents, my sister and I, and uh, one set of cousins. So there were three cousins and my sister and I, five of us, and we'd go camping out in the, in the woods and we'd sleep out in tents and my grandparents had a camper. And in the morning we'd have breakfast and very uh, famously, I remember the breakfasts were usually uh, revolving around a fight over a variety pack of like Kellogg's cereal. You know, they, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google that and you'll find a picture of like these little single serving packs of cereal with like, you know, fruit loops and sugar schmacks, sugar, sugar, sugar schmacks. I can't say that. And whatever other great cereals along with like, you know, one box of total or, you know, uh, raisin bran or something disgusting that nobody wants. And five kids and maybe there's an eight pack, you know, so once you get four people get the good ones, there's four not so great ones left. And so what's the pecking order? Is it just oldest to youngest or is it, uh, uh, or how did we, uh, survival of the fittest. And I can remember how raven, we were like wolves around that table when that variety pack would come out. And if you ever want to see what it looks like, uh, what verse 15 looks like, um, you know, put a couple of selfish people together and give them something that's consumable where it's a zero sum game. You know, just maybe a husband and wife with one small, you know, serving of McDonald's hot French fries. And, uh, you know, I might be talking about Carol and I, I might not be. Um, you know, anything, anything that would cause our flesh to rise up, you watch what happens. Uh, we begin to bite and to devour one another. And we end up being consumed by one another's selfishness. And this is why I love so much how Paul talks about the idea of laying our lives down for Jesus and then submitting, when we submit our lives at the foot of the cross, that we're actually able to serve and prefer one another's needs over our own. And as we do that, as he says in Philippians 2, as we look to the interests of others and we embrace humility, that we we represent and replicate the life and the attitude and the character of Christ. We, we are the aroma of Christ for the community around us. And so um, you're called to freedom. And this freedom is extraordinary. It will serve you for all eternity if you don't waste it in this short little sliver of years that we call life. If you don't waste it there on the flesh, but instead you use this freedom to serve one another in love that we love our neighbors as ourself. Um, if we choose not to bite and devour one another and consume one another in our selfishness, but rather lay down our own um, selfish desires in preference to those who are in need. I mean, I, I, it's not just material, material resources, but it's so easy for me to think of it. You know, just think if every Christian in America just tithed off their stimulus check. Just, just let that sink in. Carol and I got $2,400. I mean, praise God. We had really no need or no right to that, I would say, and we got it. I mean, we can afford to give it all away, but what if we just, what if everybody just gave 10%? So we give $240 and you give what you get. What if we all just did that and then dedicated that money to eradicating poverty or homelessness or reaching unreached people groups in some part of the world? I mean, what would that look like? And so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us to use our freedom uh, to serve one another, not as an opportunity, not as a base of operations for setting up 
our own fleshly desires, but that we would burn down that base. Instead, we would fulfill the royal law, the whole law, loving our neighbors as ourselves. We won't bite and devour one another, Lord. We'll serve. We'll prefer the other. And we'll represent you through our humility. In Jesus' name, Maranatha.